are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training. Welcome to this episode of the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This is Daniel Davis. This week we are looking at Unit 17, Session 2, titled A People Cleansed. For 70 years, the people of God experienced exile at the hands of the Babylonians. Hebrews, such as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, made their homes in a foreign land and sought the peace of the cities to which they were relocated, just as the Lord had commanded them through the prophet Jeremiah. But then, true to his word, also through Jeremiah, because God is truthful, God set his people free from captivity in Babylon. Using the Medo-Persians, and specifically King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord opened the door for his exiles to return home with the purpose of rebuilding the Lord's temple and restoring his rightful worship in his rightful place. Initially, the returning exiles started strong. They rebuilt the altar for sacrifices in 537 BC, and they rebuilt the temple foundation in 536, just within a couple of years of their return. But then opposition and apathy set in. The people of Israel still needed spiritual renewal and repentance not just a restored temple building. Having returned to the land, the prophet Zechariah called God's people to mourn over their sins. What good would a rebuilt temple be if the people maintained their pride and sinful ways that led to the exile in the first place? So the Lord promised to give His people a new spirit, one of grace, so they would be able to see the one who was and who was coming to be pierced for their sins. That's a reference to Zechariah 12.10. In reference to this appropriate mourning over sin and its consequences, the Lord will cleanse and secure His people. In the face of dark times, the Lord will remind His people that just as He won previous battles, He will win the future battle so that their future will be secure with Him forever. In point one, looking at Zechariah 13 verses 1 through 4, We read of the Lord's response to the mourning to which Zechariah had called the people in chapter 12. The Lord will cleanse the impurities of His people. As the first paragraph in the commentary on page 71 in your leader guide says, Reconciliation with the Lord cannot be merely about external rites and rituals, such as a temple or a church building. It must include a purified heart. And the prerequisite for this purification is the mourning of sin through contrition and repentance. To those who humble themselves before the Lord, God promises to open a fountain for their purification. Note that the cleansing isn't something we do through repentance and faith. Rather, our repentance of faith puts us in the posture to receive the cleansing from sin the Lord promises and fulfills. You as the teacher may wish to make an explicit Christ connection here between the promised fountain and the promised Savior who came to be pierced for our transgressions. You could recall the hymn, There is a Fountain, which says, There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. But while this cleansing is an internal reality, it will have external implications. Zechariah went on to say idols would be removed and forgotten, and perhaps more strikingly, false prophecies and false prophets will be dealt with violently, even by family members by fathers and mothers, as was prescribed for the people of God in the Mosaic Law. Now, this 
isn't a command for the church to be executing wayward children. In Christ, we aren't under the law in the same way the Israelites were. Instead, we believers should be praying for the conversion of our wayward children, proclaiming God's word for their hearing, and practicing God's truth ourselves so they see the blessings and wisdom of the Lord in our lives. But this passage does recall Jesus' admonition in Matthew 12, 49-50, that whoever does the will of the Father is his mother and brother and sister. In point two, we read Zechariah's prophecy that the Lord will fight and win the victory for his people. This passage from Zechariah 14 can be a difficult read, much less a difficult passage to teach. So be aware, not beware, but be aware as you get to this point. Allow the commentary on leader page 73 to help you explain the meaning of the text and put it in context. Begin by saying that this passage gives the reader an eternal perspective, even when present circumstances and consequences seem overwhelming. But you will have to wrestle with the Lord's words in verse 2, in which he says, I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem for battle, and the shocking actions that would result from that gathering, especially, perhaps most notably, women being raped. We should see in these verses about the future day of the Lord at the end of time an allusion to the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. And perhaps anew, we should come to grips with the awful reality of judgment and exile on account of sin. It is easy for us to read about the destruction and exile of Jerusalem and Judah and have a sanitized perspective of the event. But this would have been a shocking, brutal, and gruesome time for the people of God. And the Lord foretold such in His law in Deuteronomy 28. The consequences of sin cannot be taken lightly. They are as violent and violating as rape. I've been reading in Psalms and Proverbs for a few days recently, and I'm struck by the repetition of violent men setting traps for others, only to fall into their own traps themselves. The Bible is clear that we reap what we sow, and those who sow rebellion against the Lord will reap His merciless eternal judgment. So on the day of the Lord, God's judgment will come against his enemies in all his wrath, and it will not be pretty. But that's not the end of the message. The day of the Lord also comes with the Lord's rescue and salvation for those who find their refuge in him. He will open the path for their deliverance and fight on their behalf against the very nations he initially gathered to execute his justice. In point three, we see the conclusion of the day of the Lord, when Jesus has come to restore and renew his creation with a new heavens and a new earth, and the resurrection and glorification of all his people. Then, the Lord will reign with provision and security for his people. It will likely be helpful to connect the flow of living water in Zechariah 14 to the same visual in Revelation 22. These passages are speaking about the same thing, the end of the age. Through this image of a river, we are promised the Lord's provision of everything needed for life for all of eternity. And the Lord's infinite and eternal presence and rule will undo the curse of sin and death He laid upon humanity and creation for Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden. So all who dwell with the Lord then, who are the believers in Christ the Lord, will dwell in perfect peace and security, never feeling the temptation of sin, nor fearing its consequences because sin and death will be no more. The prophet Zechariah spoke of a day 
when the Lord would cleanse His people and reign over them in triumph. With the fullness of God's revelation, we know this refers to the time of Jesus' second coming. When Jesus returns, He will put an end to all sin and reign over a renewed creation in triumph. And all who have trusted in Him will live securely with Him forevermore. Because the Lord is returning, we believers must live with urgency each day, telling all others about the salvation found only in Jesus, so that they too might experience His victory. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.